Chapter 27 of Legends of Saints and Sinners This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Aiken Legends of Saints and Sinners by Douglas Hyde Chapter 27 the Minister's Son. Preface Perhaps no people ever gave such free rein to the imagination with regard to the infernal regions as did the Irish. It began with St. Fursa, whose story was known to Christendom through Bede, and Adamnan's vision, he died about 704, is known over Europe. The last to let himself go in this way was Keating. See the amazing alliterative description in his Three Shafts of Death, Lower 3, Alt 10. It is curious to find a male peasant reproducing a little of his racial characteristic in the present poem. I often heard of this piece and made many attempts to get it, interviewing several people who, I was told, had got it, but I failed to get more than a few lines. My friend John McNeil wrote down for me the present version, word for word, from the recitation of Michal Makururi, but it is obviously only fragmentary. It is full, in the original, both prose and verse, of curious words and forms, and the periphrases, the virgin's garb, for the scapular, is curious. For the original, see Religious Songs of Connacht, Volume 2, page 134. The Story There was a Roman Catholic girl at service in a minister's house, and she was wearing the Virgin Mary's garb, i.e. a scapular. She once was getting ready to go to Mass, and when she was washing herself she took the garb off her and laid it on one side. The minister's son came in, and he began rummaging backwards and forwards through the room, and he met the garb. He caught it up in his hand and observed it closely. He put it round his neck, and when the girl turned about, she saw the garb on the minister's son, and she got very furious. She gave a step forward, and she tore the garb off his neck. She began railing him and abusing him. She told him that it was not right nor fitting for a man of his religion to lay hold of that garb in his hand, seeing that he had a hatred and a loathing of the glorious virgin. And, says she to him, since it has happened that you have laid hold of the blessed garb, unless you fast next Friday in Eric for your sin, one sight of the country of the heavens you shall never see. Grief and great unhappiness came over the minister's son at the abuse the girl gave him, and he told her that he would fast the Friday. It was well, and it was not ill. When the minister's son went to sleep that night, he got a fit of sickness, and he was very bad in the morning. And he told his mother 
that he would not let anyone next nor near him except the servant girl, and that he hoped that he would not be long in the fit of sickness. There was nobody attending him but the girl, because he had a full determination to fast through the Friday. He knew very well that if his mother were coming into the room, he would have to eat some food from her, and that is the reason he would not let his mother in. When the Friday came, he never tasted bit nor sup throughout the day. On the morning of Saturday, his mother asked the girl how he was getting on. The girl said that he was going on nicely, literally coming to land. But when the girl went in at the hour of twelve o'clock in the day, he was a corpse, and there came a great dispiritedness, literally much drowning, over the girl, and she began crying. She went out and told his mother that he was dead. The story went from mouth to mouth, and one person said to another that it was the girl who had killed him, and they did not know what awful death they would give her. There was a heap of turf over against the kitchen, and they tied the girl with a chain, fastened in an iron staple that was at the gable of the house, and as soon as ever they would have the body buried, they were to put oil and grease on the turf and give it fire, to burn and to roast the girl. On Monday morning, when they went into the room to put the corpse into the coffin, the minister's son was there alive and alert, in his bed, and he told them the vision that he had seen. He saw, he said, the fires of purgatory, the mastiffs of hell, and the great devil, Judas, and he told them that it was the glorious virgin who saved him and who got him his pardon. She asked it of a request of her one son, to put him into the world again to teach the people, and she got that request for him. And if it had not been that he had worn the garb of the virgin, though only for a moment, when he was on earth, he would not have seen one sight of the country of the heavens for ever, but it was that which saved him from the lowest depths of hell. He spent, after that, seven years in the world teaching people and telling them the right religion, and all his family turned Catholics, and it was the minister's son who composed the dawn or poem. The Dawn of the Minister's Son The body it lies in the sleep of the dead, and the candles above it are burning red. The old women sit all silent and dreaming, but the young woman's cheeks with tears are streaming. Oh, listen, listen, and hear the story of what are the sins that shut out from glory, promises, lies, penurious hoarding, how troubled, how cursed, how damned the story. But it was there that I saw the wonder, three great piles of fire, and the least fire it rose in a spire like fifteen tons of turf on fire, or a burning mountain higher and higher. It was not long until I saw the three great mastiffs, their gullets opened, 
and there a-burning like great wax candles in a mountain hollow, waiting for my poor soul to tear and to swallow, to bring down to hell's foulness in anguish to wallow. I was taken to the gates of hell, and the hair was burnt off my forehead, and a sieve of holes was put through my middle. It was then it stood to me that night I fasted, and wore the garb of the Blessed Virgin, or my flesh and my blood had been burned to a puff of ashes. It was then the jury of the twelve sat on me, their evil will than their good will was stronger. And all that I did since my days of childhood was writ upon paper in black and white there, one paper in my hand, on the ground another, to conceal a crime I had no power. On turning round of me towards the right-hand side, I beheld the noble, blessed justice beneath his bright mantle, and he asked of me with soft, blessed words, Where was I living when I was on the earth, and whether I were not the poor soul who had to go to the bar? On turning round of me towards the left-hand side, I beheld the great devil that got the bribe, going to fall on me from above, literally on the top of my branches or limbs. And it was then that the thirst grew upon my poor soul, and, oh God, oh, it was no wonder. I looked up and beheld the Blessed Virgin. I asked a request of her to save me from the foul devils. She lowered herself down actively, quickly, she laid herself upon her polished smooth knee and asked a request of her one son and her child to put me in the top of the branches or in the fold of a stone or under the ground where the weasel goes or on the north side where the snow blows or in the same body again to teach the people and the blessing of God to the mouth that tells it. End of chapter 27 Recording by Aiken